How many of you have ever been frustrated in your life? <clears throat> I, I, I'm just going to say, okay. If you didn't raise your hand physically, I know in your heart you're like, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to frustrate you right now and ask again. But chances are every single one of us can relate to this idea is that you have been frustrated at some point. In fact, you may be sitting here right now and you may have walked in the door frustrated about something. And here's what I want to tell you. You're going to be frustrated about something tomorrow. Can we just be honest for a second? Life just presents these fights with frustration. And there's this great story in the Bible about this guy named David. And Pastor Jeff, two weeks ago, um, got, us, got us going in this story about David. And, and, and I, I want to pick back up in, in a way in where Pastor Jeff left us. And I, I want to talk a little bit about David and the story. It's a very famous story about him and this giant named Goliath. And at the core of it, there was, I, I, I really want to draw attention to the frustration that David was feeling. But I, I more importantly want to draw some conclusions for you and I to walk away with. Let, let's first catch up, and I, and I want to be able to contextualize so we're all on the same page to so understand what's going on in David's life at this point. So David, at this point, we're going to talk about his fight with Goliath. But at this point, David had been anointed king. A guy named Samuel came and found David out in the field. David was tending to his father's flock. He was a shepherd. So he's, he was the youngest of all of his brothers, and he was kind of like the quote-unquote runt. The rest of his brothers were out at war, and Samuel's like, hey, uh, I, I came to, to, his, to David's dad, and he said, I, I came to anoint one of your sons. God told me to anoint one of your sons. He, he looks at all of you know, the sons, and he says, none of these guys are it. Are you sure you don't have another son? He goes, well, I, I have the runt. He's out in the field. He's the one who's seemingly insignificant, the one, the one who's just watching over my flock. And he goes, let me see him. And, and when Samuel sees David, he says, this is the guy. Can I tell you this morning that you may feel insignificant in the middle of your frustration and God wants to draw you out today and he wants to let you know that there is an anointing that he has for you to walk in today. Now, this could have caused frustration for David because David gets anointed king and what does he do? He goes back to his father's field. Hold on a second. I, I now have the anointing of a king. Why am I not getting the crown and the throne? Just because God shares some detail about who you are in your life doesn't mean that you're going to walk into it immediately. And so David goes back into his father's field, and this is important. He went back to his father's field tending sheep and spending time with who? God. What did we talk about last week? We need time with God. Time spent a lot of times is going to create the momentum you need for tasks accomplished. I want to get more done. You need to spend more time with God. Okay? So David, at this point, he's out in the field, and he gets instruction from his dad. He needs to take some food, says some bread and some cheese. In my world, that's pizza. All right? So I, in my story, this is my story. Don't kill, don't, don't kill my high on this. That was a bad analogy. <laughs> Bro. 
What kind of brownies is this pastor eating? Okay. David is taking pizza out to his brothers, and here's what we have to understand. He finds himself in the middle of a hostile and extremely frustrating situation. Some of you have not recovered yet from... (laughs) Okay, just go ahead and get it out. Tweet it, whatever you want to do. I don't care. So David finds himself in the middle of an extremely hostile situation, and and it's a frustrating situation. I think, I think we can all relate to David. Have you ever been in a frustrating situation that feels almost hostile towards you, okay? So li- listen, to, listen to what happens. First Samuel 17, 23. As he was talking with them, he's talking to his brothers, he's talking to all the other, the men of the army of Israel, okay? Goliath, the Philistine, champion from Gath, came out from the Philistines' ranks Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. And it says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, the army began to do what? Run away in fright, in fear. Now, David is frustrated at this point at this loudmouth giant who keeps threatening the nation of Israel. But David also begins to experience a little tins of, uh, of frustration with the army of Israel because they keep running. Frustration is beginning. It's, it, it's, it's sitting at David's door. David quickly assesses the situation. I'm filling in some blanks. He quickly assesses the situation. He assesses the threat. He's looking at the risk. And he decides that he's going to step into action. It says in verse 38, then Saul, when he makes the decision, he's going to step in. Saul is the king. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it. And he took a step or two to see what it was like because he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. Deeper level of frustration. Have you ever felt like you're wearing something you weren't supposed to wear? It's frustrating. And David immediately, he recognizes, oh, there's a growing agitation from frustration in me and he's like I I can't I can't wear these so David took them off again he picked up what does he do he picks up five smooth stones from a stream and he put them into his shepherd's bag it's just a little satchel he picks up these five smooth stones now now I want you to understand really quickly the, the 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 relevance and the significance of five smooth stones and where he picked them up from because there's some really strong connections here for you and I because you and I aren't walking around to shepherds picking up stones in the middle of riverbeds and putting them in our satchels. But I want you to know that what it represents is this, that there is a grace. The number five is grace. 
There is a grace that you were meant to pick up, that God has has intended for you in your life. There is a grace that God has for you in the middle of your frustration, in the middle of your fight, that he has intended for you to pick up. And it says the stones were smooth. Why were they smooth? Because they had been in a riverbed. And the riverbed represents the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit decides to run its river, his river, over the weapons that he has equipped you with, these stones, they become smooth. They be, you, you, you can feel that. You, you pick it up, you're like, I can sense, I can feel the preparation that God has given me with these five grace-filled stones that I can come against the frustration that I'm fighting. Can someone please tell me amen this morning? He says, then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Frustration is mounting. He's got this unrealistic expectation from Saul that he's supposed to go fight with armor. So what does he do? He immediately turns to what he has experience with. This is important. Frustration can come from expectations you put on yourself And frustrations can come from expectations that people around you are putting on you. But either way, you and I need to live in a way that we learn what it is that God has given us. But be careful. Because a lot of times you and I will overlook the things that God has equipped us with and we see them as insignificant. That's just a smooth stone. What's that gonna do against a giant? I'm a shepherd. How am I supposed to fight a Goliath? There's something powerful about you stepping in to what God has equipped you with, expecting God to come through. There's something defeating trying to step in to something that God has for someone else. And tripping and falling. And ultimately, just gaining more frustration. In verse 41, it says, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy, Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. David reaches finally this critical point of frustration, and and he, he just can't handle it anymore. How many of you, let me ask you, how many of you have just been sitting in a place today where frustration has just been mounting, just situation after situation after situation, and you're bearing the weight, you're wearing something that you weren't supposed to wear this morning, and you need the relief this morning, you need the burden removed this morning, you need to, you need to feel the freedom, you need to be able to breathe this morning. How many of you have felt this today? Let's look then at David's response, and, and, and I like to call them life hacks, right? 
Let's look at some life hacks on how to recalibrate when we're facing mounting frustration. Now, I'm going to describe for you very quickly what frustration is. This is the best description I've ever heard of frustration in my life. Frustration is simply unmet expectation. You can write that down. I'm going to say it again. Frustration is unmet expectation. If you are frustrated right now, there is something that you were expecting, and it ain't happening the way that you expected it. Are you with me? Now, there's two types of unmet expectation. There is an unrealistic expectation. Like, if I sat with you today, and you're, I'm really frustrated about this, and, uh, you know, you're right, Pat, you know, my expectation's not being met, and I said, what's your expectation, and you tell me? I'm like, that's not realistic. How many unrealistic expectations do we put on other people How many unrealistic expectations do we put on ourselves? How many unrealistic expectations are we putting on systems, corporations, governments? How many unrealistic expectations right now in our life in 2022 are causing deep, deep levels of frustration? And it's unrealistic. And then there's unspoken expectations. That's when I don't even tell you what I expect, but I'm going to hold your feet to the fire of failing. Are you with me? And this happens a lot relationally. This can happen in your relationship with God. You're not even telling God what your expectation is. And you're like, God, why aren't you showing God's like, when did you and I even have a conversation about this? That works for your marriage. That works for parent, that, between child and parent. That works in friendships. That works in employment. I'm telling you, so much frustration happens because you don't actually communicate, you don't speak what your expectation is. And the other per how am I going to hit a target that you've never told me that you expect me to hit? Amen? And then once you speak the expectation, we may be able to have a dialogue and I'm able to share with you, that's not realistic. <laughs> you see how this is working? The solution to overcoming frustration is in the power of David's expectation. It's in the power of David's expectation. And so today I'm going to share how to fight frustration by understanding the power of your expectation. Number one, this is going to be very quick and very simple, very applicable, okay? Number one, step in first with expectation on God. This almost need, like, doesn't need to even be said. But I'm going to say it because I know in my life I need the reminder. And if you're human like me, because I'm just a dude, I'm just a guy, you need the reminder. We need to place our expectation on God first and foremost. I love the fact that, and I'm going to continue reading this scripture in verse 45. David replied to the Philistine yelling at him. This is what he said. You come to me with sword spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. What did David do? He just said, Goliath, you have an expectation that's all about you. I have an expectation that's all on God. 
the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. He's like, bro, you think that you just stepped out into the, into the riverbed and you're threatening an army? No, you're threatening the God of heaven's armies. Don't come in with, don't come in with me with your, name, your little names of your gods. In your life, right, when, when things come at you that you're getting frustrated about, you're like, well, so-and-so said and this said. Man, th- those are little G name gods that are pressing on you, and you have a choice. You can put your expectation on big G, the God, or, or on all these little idols. Now, let, let me explain something. David's first response to his frustration was to recalibrate his expectations first and foremost on God. Why was this so important in the middle of this situation? Let, let, me, let, me, let me break down what was happening a little bit deeper. David steps forward when he makes this reply to Goliath with expectation on God first as his sources of these things. Strength as an almighty, all-powerful, and a faithful God. Why is that important? Because when Goliath stepped out, let me describe for you what David saw. David was a boy, as described a boy. Goliath stood nine feet, three inches tall. How big does your frustration appear to you to be? And not only was his sense of source of frustration large in stature, listen to what Goliath was carrying. He said he he had a spear. Let, Let me tell you how big the spear was alone that Goliath has. The head of the spear was made of iron. It was 26 inches long, 26 inches. This is the tip of the spear, 26 inches. It was almost eight inches wide. This is just the tip of the spear. The tip of the spear alone weighed over 16 pounds. Then, then below the tip of the spear is what's called the shaft. It's where you would hold the spear. This was made of red oak. It was over two inches in diameter. It was 10 feet long. So you, okay, are you starting, can you picture this for a second? And the weight was just over 10 pounds, just of the shaft. Then you had the, the, the weight on the back of the spear to help balance out the fact that you've got 16 pounds on the tip of the spear. And that was made of iron. It was six pounds, a little over six pounds. The total weight was over 33 pounds, the spear. That it was 12 feet, seven inches long. Here's this giant. Here's your frustration. Nine feet, three inches, weaponized with something that's over 12 feet, that weighs over 33 pounds. It is unrealistic for you and I to think that we have all of the strength, might, power, and faithfulness to overcome every single giant that steps into the riverbed of our life. And we're gonna be able to handle it on our own. It's unrealistic. You you and I... We're human. 
And this is what David was facing. So his expectation has to be rooted first on God's nature, his character, and his word. That's why my message last week was so important. You need to get close to God like Mary did. Why? So you can understand what? His nature, character, and his word. Why? Because if you don't have that, you're going to rely on what you perceive. And your frustration always wants to show itself larger and bigger than it is in reality. He goes on and says, today, listen, listen to David's response to this. Today, the Lord will conquer you. <laughs> he doesn't even mince his words. But listen to this. He doubles down on his expectation on God first, but listen to what he does. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and then he backs it up. And I... David, the little boy standing in front of you, full of expectation on God, ready to kick my frustration to the curb. This is what I'm going to do. I will kill you and cut off your head. Do you see what expectation on God just did to David? And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword, not with spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to you, give you to us. That's a good word. So what did David do? He confidently spoke his expectation. David understood the reality, but he wasn't unrealistic. But he also spoke his expectation. Lord's going to kick your butt. I'm going to finish the job. Pat's paraphrase. I'm working on my own Bible translation. Too often we live with unspoken expectation on God to move and conquer our giants. What is your giant right now? What is your giant right now? What do you need to begin speaking? If you expect God to heal, pray for healing. Speak it. If you expect God to move on restoring a relationship, pray for it. Speak it. If you expect God to break addiction in your life, pray for it. Speak it. And ask him to be the breaker that in the book of Micah, it promises that he is. David steps in first with expectation of God to deliver according to his nature, his character, and his word. We have to first place our expectation on God. Then it allows us to step in first with expectation that's healthy. Let me tell you something about expectation. Expectation is neutral. It's neutral. Um, there's healthy or unhealthy expectation. It depends on what you fill your expectation with. 
it's neutral. Your social media is neutral. Your bank account is neutral. Your dollars are neutral. It's the expectation, it's what you fill it with becomes healthy or unhealthy. Are you following me? Let me tell you what healthy expectation is. Healthy expectation is hope and faith in God that allows you to expect good outcomes. I'm not talking about uh, this cognitive dissonance with you know toxic po- positivity. I'm not talking about just like uh, in the middle of a bad situation going, no, God, you know, you're good. You're going to just fix everything. This isn't real. This doesn't exist. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is that you have a healthy expectation that is filled with hope and faith in God that allows you to expect good outcomes. And good outcomes may not look like what you plan on it looking like, but it's a good outcome. So I expect God to show up with ultimate authority in any situation because he always has and he always will. David had this ability, why? Because God had shown up before in the field when he was being attacked by lions and bears. He knew God's gonna show up again. Here's what unhealthy expectation is. Fear of man that allows you to expect poor outcomes. I expect this giant to kill me because it's bigger than me, stronger than me, has more money than me, has more education than me, has more resource than me. That you and I, a lot of times, what, what keeps us frustrated is a fear of what stands before us. And it's not realistic. It's real, but it's not God's reality. And expectation is neutral. What you expect is what you will reflect. Listen listen to this one. What you expect is what you will reflect and ultimately what you will receive. If you expect the worst, guess what you're going to find? You make expectation what it is. An expectation will determine how you approach a circumstance. You want me to say that again? You make expectation what it is. An expectation will determine how you're going to approach a situation, a circumstance, a frustration. It says David, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Hold on a second. How many times in your life have you had frustration bearing down on you and your response is to move in toward it? When you're frustrated with a relationship going on in your life right now, typically what we do is we act like the army of Israel and we run away from it. What I'm telling you is have a healthy expectation. And when you feel frustrated in that relationship right now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to double down. I want you to run into it. I want you to press into the relationship. The enemy wants to destroy the relationship and God wants to restore the relationship. But you and I can't go through that process if we just give in to the frustration because we have an unhealthy expectation and we run away from the situation. 
Because what you will find at the end of your life is you just have a bunch of broken relationships lined up like a train that you're pulling through life. And, you just, and then you develop a mindset of expectation that everyone's going to abandon you. Everyone's going to leave you. Everyone's going to abuse you. Everyone's there to hurt you. I can't trust anybody. I don't have any hope. I'm like, bro, you're pulling an entire train of unhealthy expectation into your current situation. And you're expecting to get a different result. Man, I... I There's this, there's this point in David's life where he's like, man, I've seen both scenarios. Unhealthy expectation, the army ran. Healthy expectation, I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to move in. I'm going to run at it. Enemy, you advance with frustration on me, I'm stepping into attack. With my expectation on God first. And I'm going to make sure it's healthy. my little sling and five smooth stones and my shepherd's clothing. I'm going to tell you where to stick that 33-pound spear, okay, Goliath? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Your, your expectation is going to further frustrate you or it's going to infuse you with confidence, courage, deeper faith, and greater hope. How many of you this morning are like, man, I could use some more confidence, courage. I, I, I could use deeper faith. I could use some more hope in life. I think that's just a human need. It says that in verse 50, David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. He had no sword. Then David ran over. I love this part. This is, this is like, this is what would make this movie rated R. No, I'm serious. If you depicted the Bible stories in film, they would not be PG-13, bro. Okay. This is important though. God wants to encourage you this morning though. This is an important part of the story because what David did was with only a sling and a stone, he had no sword, David ran over. After he pegs Goliath in the head and says the stone sunk in his forehead and Goliath falls, he runs over. He takes Goliath's sword from its sheath and he used it to kill him and cut off his head. The things that the enemy has tried to form against you to use for your destruction. God today wants you to know he's actually going to utilize to advance on the enemy. The things meant for evil, he is turning for your good. What are you frustrated about this morning? I'm telling you this morning, someone needs a word of encouragement this morning. You have been buried under the weight. You feel like you're stuck in the shepherd's field this morning. You're like, man, I, I, I feel like, God, you've anointed me. I have a king anointing, but I'm stuck in the stupid shepherd's field this morning. Hmm. What's the takeaway? 
Last point, very, very simple point. Step in first with expectation that's inspiring. You need inspiration. Do you know, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need motivation. Motivation is me telling you like rah-rah. Inspiration is something that gets inside, something you can take with you, something that you can, t- it's a takeaway from your frustrating situation. David wasn't just motivated, he was inspired. He was inspired in his current battle because he had been inspired in the shepherd's field because he killed the bear and the lion. But he was going to maintain his inspiration. And how did he do it? Listen to what David did after he completely annihilates Goliath and cuts off his head. I love this. It says in verse 52, Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph, and they rushed after the Philistines. Oh, suddenly they got a bit of encouragement. Now they're like, oh, now we can do it. (laughs) The expectations you carry have the ability to inspire an entire nation, family. chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sharan, as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Listen to this. You could almost forget about this. It's the last line. It's the credits. No one watches the credits in a movie, but you miss something. The Marvel syndication, like they always put like, they, 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 they have the movie and then they have the credits and then they have like this, this extra like two minutes that kind of leads you into the next thing. Like this is what's happening. God was all, he was like pre-Marvel. He was great at storytelling. He said, there's something here after the credit. Listen to what David did. David took the Philistine's head to Jerusalem but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. <laughs> Why did David store glass armor in his own tent? Because he was taking some inspiration. Every frustrating situation that you fight with God, there's a takeaway, there's something that you can take with you to say, I'm going to remember like the bear and the lion. I'm going to remember like, yes, today, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm taking this dirty scoundrel Goliath stuff and I'm bringing it with me. Why? Because every time I look at it, it gives me inspiration to fight my current day frustration. You did it once, you'll do it again. People are like, man, you're, cra- you're crazy for thinking that. You're like, nope, look in my tent. It doesn't matter what you say. Look, look at what I, I, every day I see it. I look at it. I walk out the door. It's like I kick it a little bit. I got you. I see, like, I, like, I, I see you. Hmm. Be intentional about what you take away from a frustrating situation. Be intentional. Be careful. David took Saul's armor, but he didn't take his head. David was careful. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? When you fast forward in David's life, Goliath's sword gets repurposed and used against some of David's enemies. It has this ripple effect in your life. 
that when God shows up in your expectations today in one area of your life, it has the ability to affect other areas of your life. And I want, I want you to have a healthy expectation on God. But I want you to have a takeaway. What is it you need to take away from the situation? It, become, it becomes education. It, it becomes your inspiration. Today, simply step in first with expectation on God. Expectation that's healthy. Expectation that's inspirational. Now, I'm going to have a very, very simple application for us moving into our week before I get there. The Lord this week was speaking to me about iteration versus destination. Iteration versus destination. I think this is for, for somebody or some people. A lot of times in life we get frustrated because we're, we're at a mark in our life. And we feel like it's a forever destination, like we're there and we're never gonna leave there. We're frustrated. Why am I here? Like David in the field, he's been anointed king, he goes back to the field. That wasn't David's final destination. Do you know in David's life, ultimately he would become the king. So let me just, so him being in the field, spending time with God, learning skills with the weaponry that God had a grace for him to have was an iteration of his life. It wasn't the final destination. Him being on the battlefield, fighting Goliath was another iteration of his life was not the final destination. Can I tell you this morning, some of you feel stuck and there's a heaviness of frustration in your life because you're looking at an iteration of your life as a final destination. And I want you to shift your expectation. I want you to say, no, there's more for me, that I'm not, that this isn't forever. I'm not stuck in this place forever. Whatever that place is, you're frustrated. I get that you're frustrated, but God wants to break the frustration today. He wants you to put your expectation on him. He wants you to have a healthy the expectation on him. He wants you to walk out of this iteration of your life inspired taking something away. Is this making sense? Who feels stuck in an iteration of their life right now? Go ahead. Stand up. If you feel stuck, stand up. If you're frustrated, just go ahead and stand up. This may frustrate you that I'm asking you to stand up. If you're frustrated that I'm asking other people to stand up, you just got frustrated. You should stand up. Who's frustrated? David advanced. It's not time to sit. Step, step toward it this morning. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to have everyone, because everyone else, you, you, you guys must be like in the middle of some glory season of your life, which is cool. I, listen, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying like things must, things must be good, right? You didn't argue on the way to church with your significant other. Listen, what, I want everyone to join. The people that are standing right now, I want you to join them. And I'm going to pray for us very quickly. Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. If, if you stood, 
if you have the courage to stand first, this is specifically for you. Here's what I love about prayer. You can just put your, you can put your own hand on you. You can just you put, put your hand on your heart. You can be like, Jesus, I'm laying hands on myself. I'm praying for myself. Lord, today, literally today, God, we ask that you would break through all of the confusion and the heaviness, Lord, that I'm sensing. Lord, that you would break through all of the frustration that we're feeling right now. You would break through all of the unmet expectations, all of the unspoken expectations, all of the unrealistic expectations. You know, the times that we've tried to quit that thing or we've tried to do that thing or the times we've tried over and over and over again and we're frustrated and it seems like we just can't make our way forward. God, that we, we, would, we would see you today break through the frustration. We place our expectation on you first and foremost today, God. And here's, here's, what I, here's what I want us to do. I want us to stop and identify what the expectation is that's not being met. Number one, just stop and identify what expectation is not being met. Number two, determine if it's unspoken or unrealistic. The expectation that's not being met, is it unspoken or unrealistic? And number three, this is, the, this is the biggest step because David advanced because he had hope and faith and trust that God was there with him in the midst. God was moving. He was going to move. I want you to trust that God has given you what is necessary to overcome whatever is causing your frustration. That, that you have the ability to join God in this. But ultimately, we would, we would maintain our first expectation on God a healthy expectation and inspiring that we would take something from it that we'd be able to look at and say there's a history that I have with God God I thank you just in general terms God thank you for being a faithful God a mighty God a powerful God the God of all authority that when I think a giant in my situation has authority because of how loud it speaks, you have ultimate authority. Some of you have situations that are screaming at you like Goliath on the battlefield. And I want to tell you that just because your frustration is loud, it does not mean that your frustration has the ultimate authority. All authority has been given to Jesus. All authority has been given to Jesus. So today we say, Jesus, exercise your authority in our lives. Exercise your authority in the middle of the things that I'm frustrated about. And let's just give them to God. If you need prayer this morning, if there's a specific thing this morning that you're frustrated with and you're like, man, I just need, I need some other battle-ready followers of Jesus to get around me, I want you to come forward for prayer. Don't hesitate. We are always, this is normal for us. It is completely normal. We, we always have prayer available for people because we believe you have to speak it. If it's unspoken, it does no good. You gotta speak it. Get with somebody, speak it together. Pray over that thing. If, so if you're frustrated this morning, come forward. If there's other needs that you have this morning, I want you to come forward. Some of you are being hit by this deeply and personally. Yeah. Hey, Lisa, there's a young woman right in front of you. 
can you put your hand on her back? And she's gonna know exactly that I'm actually talking about her. Um, I just felt like the Lord is, just I'm gonna take a minute. You guys okay? Um, Ma'am, I just felt like the Lord right now wants you to know that he sees you in the middle of your frustration. Um, your frustration is, uh, uh, what I wanna say is your frustration is, is, is being heartbroken. And I, f- I feel like you just, your heart right now is very, very, very fragile and you feel heartbroken. Is that making sense? Okay. So Lord, I just speak right now and I know that you can soothe and comfort every area of her heart that feels broken that the frustration she feels. And this is something, what I feel like the Lord is saying is this something that is just not a one-time occurrence. You're heartbroken because it it keeps happening or it's it's a pattern that you've seen and you're frustrated. And God said that um, today is the day that I'm gonna act as the breaker and I'm gonna end the pattern. I'm gonna stop whatever's frustrating you. And so I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your spirit would rest on her. That just like David, she could stand in the middle of this battle with frustration. She could stand in the riverbed and that your Holy Spirit would come along and give her very distinct um, things she can grab a hold of like those five smooth stones that David had. Amen? Amen.